Welcome back. Um, Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is that you are listening. Um, We are finishing up um, talking through James 2 today. And um, again, if you are following along in your insights homework, this is day three and day four. We're going to combine those two. Um, They just flow really well together with conversation. So um, only the one episode for days three and four. And the passage that we're going to study this um, this time is James 2, 14 through 26. And Terry's going to read the first portion of it. And then the second portion is um, just talking about Abraham and Rahab and kind of their real world examples of um, their faith and their works together. Um, and you are welcome to read that. We're going to, we'll touch on it a little bit, um, but go ahead and read that um, if you want a little bit more detail. So that's kind of where we are. Terry, you want to jump in for us? Sure will. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. And even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? And that goes on to talk about Abraham and Rahab. Yep. Which we don't want to minimize, um, but um, we we really want to dig in here about what that faith and deeds can look like, um, because that's hard to separate sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to say, um, you know, that faith is one thing and deeds are another thing, but they really combine together. And then if you um, have read any of the New Testament, you'll see that there's a lot of time um, there are many times that um, Paul is like, it's faith, it's faith, it's faith, it's faith, it's faith. And James here, in a lot of ways, sounds like he's saying it's deeds, it's deeds, it's deeds, it's deeds. And so um, those two, there will you'll find sometimes that there are extremes um, on each end, right? There are the, there's the camp that's like, no, I have my faith. I don't need to do any works. And there's the other camp that's like, no, look at all this good that I'm doing. Um, So of course I have faith, um, but really what needs to happen is there needs to be this combination. They're not exclusive of one another. They're partners together. So that's kind of where we want to really dig in. That's interesting when you're saying it's like, it's on a continuum. There's like the faith on one end Mm-hmm. And then there's the works on the other end. And I have a feeling we we will all fall depending on which area we feel most comfortable in. For example, if we just don't want to do a lot of stuff, we're going to be heavy on the faith side. 
I believe Jesus, you will do everything, you know, and he will, <laughs> but he also wants us to do th- things too. Um, we're here to be the hands and feet of Jesus. That's right. Mm-hmm. But if we're only the hands and feet of Jesus and it doesn't come out of our love for him, then we're a community organization yeah. and we've mm-hmm. cut out God. And that, that's a piece, like even when James was talking about it, um, I loved, I loved when he said, everyone has faith of some kind, even the demons believe in God. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't have this love for him. They don't have this submission for him. They don't have the surrender to him. They believe in him. And I think and he says, and they shudder. And shudder. shudder. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they don't have a heart for him. They right. just believe in him. Yeah. And that, um, just real quickly, that has always been um, kind of my go-to verse when I'm talking to people about the difference between knowing who God is and knowing and believing that Jesus died on the cross. I mean, I was there. I believed it, but I wasn't saved. I didn't have him in my heart. And so here, this is one of the verses that I always look at and say, yeah, you can believe and you, you, you know it. But that doesn't mean he's a part of your life. That doesn't mean you've taken him into your heart for yourself, for your personal salvation. So I think one piece that has to happen for him to come into your heart is a surrender. Mm-hmm. A surrender believing that I'm not God. I'm not the one who's going to work all this out. Um, Jesus isn't just an add-on. He's the purpose. Mm-hmm. And I come under him first. And so, I think there's also like a timeline on this that's important. It's like our salvation has to be wrestled with or um, I, I know we talk about worked out, but it's just, it has to happen, <laughs> I guess would be a way to say it. That process of we are no longer God, that we're surrounded, we die with Christ when He died on the cross and we rose again with Him. And having that belief and starting from that position is is really crucial. So if that hasn't happened, it's like, wow, start exploring that. Maybe slow down on some of the de- deeds and look to to be filled with people. Look, look for people who have that salvation, can talk to you about that salvation. Spend time with them, look in the scriptures, get that clear first. And as you do that, that that salvation occurs, and then your faith gets built. And then the fruit of that faith is shown in your works. Right. It's an outpouring. Yes. The, the works and the deeds are an outpouring of your relationship with Christ and your faith in Him. Whatever's yeah, have- on the inside is going to come out. Whatever you have inside your heart is going to come out, out of your mouth, out of your deeds, out of your hands. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good checkup for us. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're saying all the right stuff, but we're not doing anything, mm-hmm. when we read these verses, we should say, oh, wait a minute, maybe, maybe I'm off track a little bit. I'm off base a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because just saying to someone, oh, be warm, be fed, yeah. be well, you <laughs> be know, gone. Talk, yeah. talk to you, yeah, talk to <laughs> you later. Yeah. It does nothing. It doesn't do anything to meet their needs whatsoever. You, it's good to say it. <laughs> but you have to add the deeds with it. Yeah. You have to give them food. You have to give them clothing. Otherwise, they're in the same situation. You haven't really helped them at all. At all. When I was a kid, it was a big deal. You know, we were always going out for something to eat or something to drink in, in our youth group. And there was a 
a bunch of people who thought it was just fine to leave a track instead of a tip. Oh. <laughs> and I can remember oh, thinking, God. you know, I, I don't know if that necessarily is the best witness for us. It's the worst. Mm. Take it. Yeah. I, take it from a, a woman who is a Christian and was a waitress for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I don't want a track. That's you not what I'm at work that's for. Not, that's why you, yeah. I'll take the track and the tip. And the tip. And, and exactly. a double tip, like a, a big, big tip. tip. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have um, pe- some people that we have gone out to eat with frequently who either leave a stingy tip, and at times, if they don't have enough money, they don't leave any tip. When we're out with them, I will personally hand my tip to our server because I want them to know I'm not a part of that yeah here's my tip I appreciate it don't don't count me in on that yeah. oh I'm riled up now it's <laughs> 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 okay, just terrible but I do think we we were watching a service you know we since we are all homebound on on Sundays um, we've been watching some different churches and and I was I called it up on YouTube Sunday morning and it said live and we clicked on it to watch it and it wasn't live because that church is in Texas. They closed the church and did not have a Sunday service because they turned their church into a shelter and a feeding center. Awesome. And I thought, you know what? That's it right there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Did we, I'm sure all their members would have loved to have been there singing and praising the Mm. Lord. But instead, they were all there putting cots out and serving food to people. Mm. And I thought, that's what the hands and feet of Jesus, yeah. that's what they do. When they see a need, they put their own things aside, and they walk out the love of Jesus by serving the people that need help. And so I, that's the other piece where I, I think it was um, reading this previously. We're not told to tithe to the poor. We're tithe, we tithe to the church. Because the poor are in front of us every day. And it might be the poor in spirit. They may have tons of money. But right in front of us, we need to give the love of Jesus to whoever's in front of us. And it might look like putting out cots and feeding, or it might be going um, to a waitress, let me give you a double tip here, because I want you to know what it's like to live as someone who's trusting Christ for my money. Or However, you know, it depends on how that works. Um, or it might be sitting with someone and going, hey, 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 you sound like you're down. How could I care for you? How can I give you the love of Christ? And that's a feeding of the poor of spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, however it looks, the poor will always be with us, Jesus said, right? And so, it, it's like, I don't give 10% for my tip, <laughs> right? I don't give someone 10% of the food that they may need. Right? It's like I don't portion that out. I pour it out. Pour it out. And mm-hmm. I will pour it out in relation to how much I have poured in. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's super important for us to be ingesting the Word of God, letting it change our lives, letting us make a, a difference in us first. Mm-hmm. And then we pour that out. Yeah. So I am, I'm a doer. Right. I, um, we, I mean, we've talked about this before, like that, that's just, that's my love language is I'm going to do, and I'm going to, and I am usually pretty busy, um, just even doing stuff around the house or whatever. I'm not going to just sit 
for the most part. Um, so for me, it's really easy for me to say yes, like there's this project that's going on. Yes, I'll do that. Or there's this going on. Yes, I'll do that. Or there's, you know, I need help with this. Okay. I'm there, you know, and for me, like my trap, and this is my own personal trap is that sometimes I get so busy working for Jesus that I forget about Jesus. Like I forget sometimes that the reason, and as I've grown and matured, this has not been as much of an issue, but like I can do this and my heart starts out like, look, this is what Jesus has called us to do. And this is an opportunity for me to go and be a light. And so I do that, but then it goes to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it kind of, it, it kind of is a staircase that you just climb and climb and climb and climb and climb. And you forget that you started out at the bottom with Jesus, getting your hands and feet dirty um, for him. And then it just becomes habit and routine. And that doesn't mean that I love Jesus any less. And that doesn't mean that the work I'm doing is any less valuable, but it does mean that I need to do a heart check and make sure that that is still what I'm supposed to be doing and that I'm not just doing it because it's what it's always been. And this is, you know, it looks like the right thing. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. yeah. There's that, that, yeah. And, and um, there's sometimes an either or that we get caught into. Right. I'm, I'll tell this story a hundred times because it's so profound in my life. I was in training for insights with Mary Jo. And finally, at one point, I think we were reading the Titus page. Titus 1 is like, a, oh, I'm never going to be that perfect. I can't be a Christian like that. And I was, in the, I was like, I quit. I'm not going to do this anymore. I can't do this. I'm not going to be that perfect Christian lady. You know, it's like, I can't do it. And Mary Jo, who to me was the perfect Christian lady, goes, oh, yeah, me neither. I was like, what? And she goes, no, it's too much. I can't do all this. This is this is too hard. I was like, well, you're doing it. She goes, no, no. She goes, I just have Jesus do it. And I was like, how does that happen? And I think I'd been a Christian for quite a while at that time. I didn't get that piece of turning it over to Christ. Mm-hmm. And that is the difference in our works. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, Suzanne, your heart is super important in that. It's just this thing to check off the list. But then you can get a hundred things on your list. And if you're not right. connected to Christ, again, that outflow, it depends on what's coming in. And I never caught as a Christian that Jesus will do this. Jesus will accomplish this. And he can accomplish it through me. But my heart has to be surrendered to him. And what was interesting is when I did that and I said, oh, Jesus is going to do that. I did basic things like, Jesus, can you find me that parking spot? And he did. Jesus, can you, like, Jesus, I don't know how to do this math or something. Math is always my nemesis. It's like, I don't know how to do this math. And then I'd have this clarity of mind going, oh, got it. It's not that bad once you get into it. It's math, you know? And so, I just had a an experience where God would just start taking things over. And it's like, God, I don't know how to fix this issue in my family. That's right. If I turn that over to Jesus, He will do that. And hearts would change. And I wouldn't have to control it and make it happen. I didn't. It took me a long time to catch that as a Christian, that Jesus will accomplish these things. I need to participate, but I need to participate from my heart. 
This is something that took me a long time to figure out because of the fact that, like I said, I'm a doer and my natural inclination would be like, yes, I can serve on that board. Yes, I can do with that committee. Yes, I can do with that volunteer position, whatever. Right. Um, There is power in the word no. And Mm -hmm. sometimes Jesus tells us no. Mm -hmm. You know, if we ask for something, sometimes his answer is just no. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we need to say no also. Because it may, if I just automatically say yes, and that is not, and my heart is not in it, and that is not my gifting, that is not my, it's not my time or season to serve however that looks like. But if I say yes, then that's taking that yes away from somebody else who should be doing that. Mm -hmm. And I am shorting not only that person who should be doing that or should be offered that opportunity, but I'm shorting the people that are around me. I'm shorting my kids. I'm shorting my husband. I'm shorting the things that um, the other things that I'm doing that I am now going to have to do less of because I've taken on this other commitment. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was a huge, huge shift was the power of saying no and that it was okay to say no because it's not, I can't say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's true. when you get so busy doing for Jesus that you forget about him. Mm-hmm. And you're not working in, for your, in your highest and best for God. Mm-hmm. Right. You're saying yes, you're plugging holes. It's not fulfilling you. Right. Because that's not really what God had planned for you. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, like you said, keeping someone else from the blessing. And uh Yeah. You're depleting yourself and you're not filling yourself. Right. Right. With him, with the joy of what he has for you. That's it. And it all goes back to the heart attitude, the attitude of, okay, this is for Jesus. Yes. Because we, we can absolutely say, yes, this is for Jesus. And we can even like the, the demons say, yes, I believe that. But if we do not connect the faith aspect of it, if we don't connect the heart aspect of it to the works aspect of it, um, if they're warring one another, then it doesn't do any good for anybody. It, the, the faith aspect has to work out with the deeds aspect mm-hmm. in your heart. And that's going to look different for everybody at different seasons. I, I like the applying the word. Um, it was like, it has been said that whatever you do to get love, you will ultimately resent. But whatever you do in response to love, you will never regret. And so, if, are we trying to do these deeds in an effort to try to get God's love? We need right. to check that out. Are we doing this as a way to um, maybe get God's love or be good in His eyes or manipulate God in some way, make Him love us more? All of that's our manipulations. We need to just be willing to look at that. And then there's a question towards the end of this is, how do you think things would be different if you always just saw yourself as perfectly loved and then is um, perfectly loved and then responded to it? So for you to feel like you are perfectly loved, you have got to be putting a lot of Jesus in there. Mm-hmm. Because the world is putting a lot of otherwise in there. Yeah, you know, I, I love the story in Matthew where Jesus says, "People are going to know us by our fruit." Mm-hmm. Okay, and that we—he's the vine, right? So we have to stay a part of the vine. If we're not connected, if we're not part of the vine, if we're not part of Jesus, 
then none of our fruit, we're never going to bear any fruit. So I think that the main thing is to stay in relationship with him. Like you said, to know that we're loved for us to get fed. We have to be, we have to be part of him. And out of that relationship is going to come all that other stuff that needs to be the things that we need to be doing, but it'll just, you know, a, a vine doesn't say, okay, I'm ready to produce fruit. It has a season, and mm-hmm. in that season, with the right conditions, the right amount of sun and water and whatever else it is, nutrients, it produces. Um, and I think it's the same way for us. If we are in the right conditions, we're spending time with Jesus, we're in His Word, we're in fellowship with other Christians, um, we really know who we are in Him. If we're abiding in Him, then we're going to produce that fruit. Sometimes I think we worry too much about it. No, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. But I think if you're spending time with Jesus, if you're in prayer, if you're with him, you're going to know those things that you need to be doing. Um, The Holy Spirit's going to lead you to do those things. Um, And like Suzanne said, sometimes he's going to say, oh, that's not for you. Don't, I don't want you doing that. Um, Because I I think, you know, the, the Lord uses the family a lot for me as far as an illustration and just like you can love your husband, um, you can get busy when your kids are little and you love your kids and they came out of your relationship with your husband, but you get busy with the kids and with their school and with their friends and with their, and all of a sudden you don't have much of a marriage left because you haven't abided with your husband first and you haven't made that connection that everything else you have, you have because of that marriage. I think we do the same thing with the Lord. We, get, we can get so caught up with the things he's given us and the things we do with those things that we, f- we don't spend that time with him. We're not abiding with him. Um, and that's a really dry place to get to. Yeah, there's, there's a spot here in the homework, and it's a quote by um, Douglas Moo, which I think is such a cool name, Mr. Moo. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the, he says here, he says, whenever people rely on their religious activities for salvation, Paul's powerful plea for a radical commitment of the whole person to Christ must be vigorously proclaimed. And remember that um, Paul is saying things like, we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. And he says, um, you know, this is your mouth is what proclaims and causes you to be saved. Your heart is what believes, but your mouth is what speaks it. Um, so that's that's what Paul's issue is. And Paul is the, the faith guy. And then, of course, James is the works guy here. And Douglas Moo goes on to say, but when faith has been turned into nothing more than a verbal commitment to certain doctrines, James' understanding of faith has an act of vigorous obedience must be forcefully reasserted. Mm -hmm. So it's just a reminder that, yes, like, you know, Paul is saying, you have to say it, you have to believe it, you have to declare it, you have to talk about it, you have to let that love be spoken and audible. And James is like, yes, but you can't just sit and talk about it. You have to actually show it. Yeah. So again, it's that partnership, it's that marriage of the faith and the works together. Um, I also like the process, that it's a, it's a timeline, it's a process of this happening. It won't be perfect, not meaning completed, for a long time. And I, I like the thing with um, Abraham, when we were studying Abraham, how his uh, sacrifice of Isaac was a deed, a work 
mm-hmm. that revealed his perfected, completed faith at that moment, and that that I never saw it in that um, in that light. I never saw it that way, and so that was really helpful. That um, we can be working like Angie was saying in in the season of things, um, but not see the produce, not see the production of it, not see the fruit of it. Um, but if we faithfully continue to believe, if we faithfully continue to follow God, God is the one who perfects our faith. Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, in Abraham's example, I mean, 30 years before he was willing to sacrifice Isaac, right. God said to him, your descendants are going to number outnumber the stars. Yeah. And it took him 30 years to get that one kid. And then he needed to sacrifice. Right. Because he was following Jesus, following God. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And he would have so deeply was he following what God said that he would have done it. But God stopped him, stayed Mm -hmm. his hand. But if you read, it always says Abraham sacrificed Isaac. It was counted as if he had actually done it. Mm -hmm. So, um, because he did it in his heart. Yep. Yeah. It all goes back to the heart issue. Yeah. How are you working? Whatever your works are, you need to do them um, as if you're working for the Lord. Yeah. Um, and if God doesn't have that for you, then you need to say no. And by the way, if you're producing bad fruit, check it. Yeah. Go back and say, God, what's going on here? Yeah. You know? Well, we, and don't think of fruit as, I like that you said that, Rosemary, because the word says, what, are, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Mm-hmm. You know, it's patience, kindness, goodness, love, self-control. You know, it's a, it's a list of attitudes and behaviors, right, that should be evident in our lives. So, yeah, when something's missing, and, and that's got to be there for the works to flow out of that. Right. Um, and if you're missing something, don't bring yourself under condemnation about it. Just go back to the Lord and say, hey, I don't, I don't see this fruit in my life, and I want it there. So help. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and know will. that Jesus will do it. Jesus <laughs> will be will right help there. You. Yeah. 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 That's a lot of like big concepts that we just kind of circled around and around about. It's a big one. It, it is. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. It's hard to strike that balance and, and strike that balance consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I think just to kind of wrap up, salvation is not dependent on our works. Right. If you're believing that, get with someone in the Bible who knows the Word and can just kind of talk to you about that. It depends on Jesus Christ and His sacrifice alone. Alone. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And our faith that He did that. Right. Because, and that's all through grace. Yes. So that no one can boast. Mm-hmm. Right. All our works are, they're just evidence. They're evidence right. of what's in our heart. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have any evidence, then, you know, go to the Lord and say, ooh, something's missing here. Right. But, but yeah, it's just evidence of what's already in your heart. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes even if we're, sometimes we can be drawn to God through work, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, the fact that we can go and serve in the crisis pregnancy center or serve the homeless or lead a women's Bible study or whatever. Um, Maybe not lead a women's Bible study in this case, but you know, through those works, 
sometimes God reveals himself to you. And sometimes that's how people are brought into the fold. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes that's how, if you just have a heart of service, but you don't have the faith aspect of it. um, Sometimes God uses the people that do have that faith aspect and bring, you know, walk alongside. And sometimes that's how people are brought in. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that, but you do have to have the faith part. Um, in order for it to just not be community service, like Rosemary said, you have to have that faith part. Because if it was dependent on works, why would we need Jesus? That's right. If you are um, doing good deeds and doing the works that God has set apart for you to do from the beginning, I have found that when um, I am doing what the Lord wants me to do, I'm, I'm full of joy. It really, it just brings me joy when I'm doing the work that he has mm-hmm. set for me to do. If it's not bringing you joy, that doesn't mean everything's always a you know big party, but you need to check if that, like we talked earlier, is that what God really wants for me? It's not in my gifting. Sometimes you do need to plug a hole, but not consistently. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, check that. Is, am I feeling joyful over this, you know, this deed, these works that I'm doing? When we look at Mother Teresa and, and the extreme poverty that she worked with, in every face she saw the face of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, she, and it brought her joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How awesome would it be for us to be able to say, I see the face of Jesus in you. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is I'm doing, mm-hmm. I see the face of Jesus in you. Yeah. Yeah. Rosemary, you want to wrap us up? Um, yes. Um, <laughs> I know it's so funny. I feel like maybe you don't. <laughs> Do you I, I was surprised. To I totally forgot. I got so into our conversation. I'm like, yeah, I'll pray. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Lord, we just um, come before you so grateful for your plan, so grateful for who you are. We thank you that you sent Jesus. Um, to atone for our sins, God, that we were able to die with Him and and um, rise again. And we um, thank you that the Holy Spirit lives within us, that we are able to have that communication with you, that we're able to look around us, and if things aren't quite right, that we can go immediately to you. And you do give us wisdom, and you give it abundantly. You love us, Lord. And so we just ask that um, as a result of studying this, that we all kind of check what's going on. Where are the areas that we need um, to um, come closer to you? Where are the areas that we need to serve other people? Lord, help us create that balance between the works that flow out of our salvation and flow out of our love for you. God, we just thank you for this opportunity to be in your word and we praise you. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And cut. <laughs> <laughs>